Greg and Josh are not paid critics. They are not experts, nor do they claim to be. They are just two nerds that love to talk about internet shows. However, they're still going to tell you about what they think. So sit down, relax, and enjoy the latest episode of All Queued Up. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of All Queued Up Uninhibited. I'm your host, Greg Dietz, and with me always is Josh Fisher. How you doing, buddy? Uh, uh, well, I almost choked there. Um, I'm, 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 I'm better <laughs> this week. I'm okay. I'm doing all right. How about you, man? Um, exhausted. I, <laughs> I think I mentioned it to you a while back, but my dad had a, uh, had a uh, kidney biopsy so they can figure out what's wrong. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I had that on Monday, and uh, so that was a it was a very interesting whole day right there because it was I couldn't stay at the hospital. The funny part was I, I dropped him off. They took him from me, and because we're going through all this COVID stuff, they uh, they were like, "You can't stay in the hospital. You can't stay in the waiting room. You have to leave the hospital if you're not doing anything for a procedure." Yeah, and you got to okay. stay in your vehicle or what have you. Just right. So I said, "Okay, well, I'll go to the car." So then a nurse calls me, and he says. Um, you're going to want to go home. And I was like, why? And he goes, cause this is going to be like a 45 minute procedure. And then it's going to be about a four hour recovery time. And I was like, Oh my God. Okay. And if you know, if you, if you listen to the past episode, I don't have my license. I've been trying to get, I was supposed to get it back in March, but well, DMV closed down. And yeah. Uh, yeah. So you're still on that restricted license. Damn, so you couldn't right. leave. You had to stay there. Well, my dad goes, my dad texts me and he says, because uh, they, they let him have his phone and he says, uh, um, I trust you to go home by yourself without me in the car. Just be very, very careful. I was like, okay, dad. And I, I was, everything was fine. Nothing went wrong. But, uh, cool. but yeah, then my, my mom was freaking the fuck out and my brothers were not freaking out, but they were definitely like, Keep us in the loop, man. Keep us tell. Let us know what's going on. I'm just like, okay, guys, he's fine. He's probably sleeping right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it was, a, it was a whole day of a lot, and uh, um, but he's doing good now. He's just got a, you know, he's got the bandage on his back, and we're trying to mm-hmm. figure out everything to do medically for him. And the other thing is people people don't talk about about a much is how much those fucking biopsies hurt man yeah yeah they they didn't put them under because it's just a needle that goes into the kidney uh to pull out a piece of tissue and so they just numbed the area a little (laughs) bit gave him a small sedative um he was like oh it's he goes it still hurt like a son of a bitch but it was it was it would have been worse if they didn't give me anything and i was like right um but yeah it's uh the the funny part was uh we were talking to the, uh, I don't remember, she's a doctor, but I don't remember what uh, specialty she's in. It has oh. regards to all this stuff, but um, she was telling my dad that his uh, his copay was going to be $250. We get to the hospital, we do everything, we get him signed in, and the woman goes, 50 bucks. We were like, oh, oh, really? Great. <laughs> that's fantastic. They, hey, do, that's- they do that a lot. They give you the maximum copay. And then when you end up at the desk, you know, it's whatever your insurance is. That was, yeah, I, I, I thought she calculated That's a happy insurance. surprise. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, speaking um, of that, yeah. we have two guests. <laughs> <laughs> we do. Uh, we do. Two guests. Uh, 
One is fellow castmate from Friday Nights on MPSP Theater, Mr. Masterpiece Shitpiece himself, our namesake, Nick Brammer. What's, What's up, up people? Chilling, chilling, chilling. Who's, if you recall, he was on our Dracula review episode of the BBC Dracula series. That was on That's Netflix. right. I, I wanted to go back and rewatch that now that some time has passed. Because that was a yeah. really good damn show. I enjoyed it. Uh, the the other guest we have here is also a fellow friend from the realm of collectors. Uh, guy who's uh, you know I love both these dudes very much. They're brothers to me, you know. Vinny, he's their family. Uh, this is Vinny. Vinny, what's up? How you doing? Hey, how is everybody doing today? So Doing fantastic, man. Much better. Thank Much better. Thank you for having me today. Thank you for well, having me. You know, it was a little impromptu last minute guest search because we originally had somebody uh, lined up and, you know, I'm not going to put their business out there, but things didn't line up for them to yeah. come on. So I jumped on that opportunity. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, I, I, I'm always for having new people on that haven't been able to come on before, especially if their hey, schedules allow it. My first. Hell yeah, man. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> we're gathered here today to bullshit. <laughs> I, uh, we were Dearly beloved. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking a little bit before uh, the, the we recorded, and I was... Um, I brought up a topic that I had thought about over the over the past week. So for anyone listening to this, uh, Hamilton came out on Disney Plus on the 3rd. And um, it's uh, it's really interesting the way that they, they made it into a quote-unquote film because it's still a stage play. But it was it was recorded with a live audience and then recorded without a live audience. And then they the without the live audience recording, they got a bunch of close-ups and stuff on the same stage. But they just kind of edited it all together to be one thing. Um, personally, I think it's fantastic. I think it's a wonderfully done musical. It's more of an opera than a musical, but whatever. Semantics at that point. Um, the part that I that stuck out in my mind was the fact that if you know the history of Alexander Hamilton and the Founding Fathers... Um, they were either a slaveholders or kind of cool with slavery in a, in a fashion, like didn't really fight against it or argue against it. They just let it happen. Um, and then there's a bunch of other things about the founding fathers that are not great. So I've seen a lot of discourse on, on social media about whether you should watch Hamilton or not. Um, and I've seen a few people bring up some very good points. But this isn't just about Hamilton. This is about other, other facets in the quote-unquote enjoying something where there's uh, something problematic involved with it. Uh, Josh, you kind of said it, but uh, J.K. Rowling. <laughs> Big yikes on yeah. that one. Uh, yeah, her, her stances on, you know, transgender... Um, women especially uh, have been seen by a lot of people as problematic. And then she also has a lot of people in the community that are 100% with her and support her, you know, so it's a, 
Uh, uh, but this is where the question is, is it okay or can you enjoy the works of someone who is controversial uh, yeah. or enjoy works that are based in something that has a very controversial past? And, you know, I think it's a case-by-case basis, but I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with enjoying fiction or um, even historical, you know, well, how would you classify Hamilton? You know, I mean, it, it's, it's, I've not seen it yet. I intend on watching it with my daughter, but I know it is a historical play set in that time period, but I don't know how much of it is factually accurate and what is uh, fiction. quite a bit, quite a bit is factually accurate because I got really interested on the details. Cause I, I, I know the basics of Hamilton and, and the founding fathers and whatnot, but um, there's, there's quite a few things that they gloss over or that they make more exciting for the sake of uh, play. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for the most part, it's pretty accurate um, to, to how Hamilton lived um the uh i would say the thing is is that there there's a couple moments in the play where they do sort of address certain situations like um hamilton would have arguments or debates all the time with other founding fathers including but not limited to um thomas jefferson and Mm -hmm. uh the way that debates are done in the play, which I thought was really clever is in the form of a rap battle. Uh, and so there's a line that, that, that Alexander says to Thomas Jefferson about his crops. And he says, uh, because we know that you didn't plant those crops yourself. Alluding um, to Jefferson man. being a slaveholder. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so it's some it's it's that kind of address addressing it, but not directly, not outright, not very loudly. But it's yeah. also said by other actors in the play, like that's half the point of having a bunch of people of color play a bunch of white slaveholders. You know, um, it's that juxtaposition that makes it more uh, uh, in your face in that fashion. Um, I think that I, I, it's it's just it's an interesting it's an interesting thing to think about because I we have a friend Josh who's who's transgender who's a trans trans woman um, and she's having a huge issue with being a Harry Potter fan huge issue mm. right now and I think that's where you come in with the case by case basis you know? yeah yeah like. Uh, like Hamilton to me is definitely something that I don't think is quote unquote problematic. I think what's important about Hamilton is if you enjoy the play, do some research. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, go watch something that's proper about the actual history. Or at the very least, go watch the drunk history with Lynn manuel Miranda. Um, yeah. That episode's fucking hilarious, by the way. Um, every episode that shows hilarious. Uh, but with like the J.K. Rowling thing, that's real tough. That's real tough, right there. Yeah, it's rough for me. You know, I got a twelve-year-old boy right now, so he's right at Harry Potter age. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, he looks like Harry Potter at times. Yeah, he does. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 just as a side note, Greg, my my kid's twelve. He has the curliest hair. So like, sometimes he looks like fictional, different fictional characters all the time. Like uh, I showed <laughs> Josh and them a picture of him where he looked like the Tom Baker Doctor Who. <laughs> uh, yeah. Then uh, another day, he's wearing a Deadpool taco shirt, but the way his hair is, he looks like fucking Joaquin Phoenix from the Joker movie. So they started calling him Arthur Fleck, you know, with that way. It's hilarious. He's such a good kid. And he wants to go and he wants to grow his hair out. So, you know, it's just like, do it, you know. Yeah. Take care of it. Next, tell him why you got it. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um, getting back to getting back to the subject um of J.K. Rowling, that's as a parent, that's something that I think I have to you know help him with. That's my responsibility to say, okay, if you enjoy this fiction, that's fine. But this is the person that wrote it, and yeah, this is yeah. and this is in this this is their ideas it's kind of like do you remember uh uh did you guys ever hear of a video game called uh shadow oh damn it i can't remember the name of the game shit anyway it was a side-scrolling game on the 360 that was uh was kind of like uh like a metroid type of game um fuck i cannot remember the name of it but the reason i bring it up is because it's based off a book written by orson scott card yeah and if you know anything about that guy, yeah. Um, and I've heard a lot of people say like, "Oh, Ender's Game was a huge part of my childhood, and now I can't read it." And I feel like that's a lot of people are going through that with with her as well now. I think that you should be you should be able to enjoy art as it is. I don't think that it should be you know things should be packed away. Um, I'm not talking about the Confederate statues. That's a completely different issue. <laughs> what what I am ta- what I am talking about is staying gone with the wind off of HBO Max stuff like that. Um, people need yeah, to yeah. be people need to be responsible and realize that you know fiction is fiction. Yeah, and art think- is art. And if if you enjoy a piece of art that doesn't necessarily mean you condone the actions of that arts creator right uh lindsay ellis uh she had a small video on it uh she was talking about how uh by the way if you don't know who lindsay ellis is look up her youtube channel she does like video length essays on something and they're fucking fantastic um but uh she 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 touched on this the other day and she said that um being able to separate art from the artist is great. There's a lot of people who can't do that. Um, And uh, if you are able to do that, um, understand that somebody who isn't able to, it doesn't make them any less of a person. They just aren't able to. Uh, Because like, it's, it's, it's kind of like you were talking about with your child, um, with your son, like to understand who wrote the material now you have to look at Harry Potter from the aspect of, is there any anti-trans stuff in Harry Potter? Hi, there's a garbage truck outside my window. So if you hear that, I apologize. Uh, um, and if there's I, not, then, then it's super easy to separate art from the artist. Right. Right. You know, um, going back, 
uh, because I've read those books multiple times and watched the movies multiple times, I don't really think there is anything anti-trans inherently. Right, and she, besides these trans trans comments, after the publishing of the last book, I mean, she's gone out of her way to make herself an ally, you know, of the LGBT community. I guess not the T, but, you know. Well, the stuff that she's, it's not anti-trans as much as it's this weird, like, because she's called a TERF, which is uh, Trans Exclusionary uh, Radical Feminist. Yeah. And it's um, call it a turf. You said, yeah, a tur- yeah, it's just, yeah, T E R F, trans exclusionary radical feminist is yeah, a term that was coined in two thousand eight. Okay, so this is about this is more about excluding trans women from certain activities. Yes, like yes, like, like and public I, restrooms. Some some of those things I am completely behind personally. Um. I don't believe that trans women should compete with biological women in sport, especially combat sport. I think that we've already seen that that's deadly and dangerous to the biological female. Uh, we're talking about Fallon Fox, um, who in her last fight and hasn't been able to find, find a fight since fractured the skull of her biological female opponent. There are biological differences that are real. So that I I don't have a problem with bathrooms. Bathrooms is a different completely different thing. But I'm talking about when somebody's life is, you know. Sure. I I I get where you're coming from with that. I her her whole thing has a lot to do with like the biological effects of the female body based on chromosomes. Um, like uh, getting a period or something to that effect. Like she's like, no trans woman's ever going to understand what that's like, and it's like that doesn't fucking matter. It really doesn't matter, Miss Rowling. Like, are you fucking kidding me? That does shit. What the fuck does that have to, anything to do with anything? Right. Um, and there's a few other things that she said that are very much in that regard, and it's it's very rough on a lot of trans people. I mean, I, again, like it. I've spoken to quite a few of them and it's super fucking rough because they're fans of Harry Potter and uh like I think the discussion for trans women in sports is a different conversation entirely at this point because it's just not a conversation that I'm wanting to have right now but I think when it comes down to, um, I, I was I was just bringing it up as you know related to what you're talking yeah. about, you know, excluding, yeah, no, no, I got excluding I got trans you. people from you know activity. But yeah, and I think the reason I say that's a different conversation is is just because like with what J.K. Rowling is saying versus that is is, is so, just uh, basically from what from what I'm getting from what you're saying is that um, J.K. Rowling is a turf. And she has a problem with trans women in traditionally biological women spaces. Yeah. Okay. Uh, she. Um, That's a rough one uh, because yeah. because first of all, you got to look at the fact that women are a marginalized group. You know, um, mm-hmm. we talk we talk about we talk about that a lot in society. Uh, how women you know don't have equal to men um so when you're already a marginalized group and another marginalized group is 
you know, trying to make space for themselves in the same space you are, there's going to be some clashing. Well, that's, and that's the other part to it is that a lot of other women who consider themselves feminists do not agree with anything JK Rowling has said so far. Right. Um, have made it very clear that what she says is wrong because she is again, excluding trans women from the conversation about women's rights. And um, to me, I don't think that's right. I don't think that you should do that. I think if you are a trans woman and you want to express your feelings on that situation, you should be able to. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so for her to do that kind of stuff, kind of going back to where we were going, I, I totally understand why a lot of people are like getting rid of their Harry Potter books or getting rid of their Harry Potter material. They don't want to be associated with her anymore. I get where they're coming from. But that's again, you know, part of the conversation. The 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 topic is like, I mean, how like again, how do you separate art from the artist when it's something in that regard? Well, you have you have to be an adult to be able to do it. You can't be a child because when you're consuming this media as a child, it is forming your opinions. The things that you enjoy through media you know, inform your opinions, like reading yeah. books. Um, so I don't like think... I, I count, you know, Spider-Man and X-Men to, you know, for a lot of my childhood. Absolutely. Absolutely. I was a huge, you know, Justice Society fan. You know, I'm a huge comic guy, too. So, um, <laughs> fuck. but um, I just think I just think that you know, you have to have some distance from the property in order to enjoy the property, but also understand that the creator of the property that you enjoy can be a total douchebag. H.P. Lovecraft. Yeah. I mean, you know, he was apparently um, terrible on when it came to his views on race. Mm just an absolute monster but the monsters and stories that he created are you know hailed um you know they're great monster stories having the ability to separate the art from the artist you know like greg said not everybody is going to have that ability now the flip side of it is if a person can separate the art from the artist and enjoy the art and not care or even hate the artist, you know, that's fine. But I don't think that we as a a society should vilify and condemn the person for appreciating and enjoying the art from said artist. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, so the, uh, kind of something that's in the same vein as Mel Gibson, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, such a huge, such a huge part of all of our movie going experiences growing up. Lethal Weapon, you know, it's my favorite action movie uh, franchise from the eighties. The Lethal yeah. Weapon movies. I love Lethal Weapon one and two. And then, and, like the the artsy stuff, like maybe not artsy, but more low budget stuff he's doing now is 
interesting, but like it is hard to watch. I mean, I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and you know, let, it's, let's hard, be it's fair. hard to watch. It's hard to watch Braveheart and know in the back of your head, you know, when he's yelling freedom, what he's you know talking to those cops like, holy fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, let's be fair. I can enjoy Braveheart and I can enjoy Martin Riggs, you know. Uh, saying some shit in Lethal Weapon. I can enjoy other movies that he's done, but Mel Gibson's not going to be on my fucking Christmas card list. He's just yeah. not. He's never coming over to dinner. Um, You know, same thing with Kevin Spacey. Yeah. Uh, some of the shit he has been accused of doing uh, is absolutely reprehensible. But you know what? I'm still going to enjoy the usual suspects. I'm still going to enjoy other movies that he has been in that I enjoy that, you know, I've always liked. Now, as for new projects from him, if he ever gets to work again, I'm going to have a difficult time, but I can't let a person's character that they collaborated on or had entirely created that I enjoyed in the past be affected by now. I, I'm going to be more conscious of that person's viewpoints and how outspoken they are, but I don't feel that, you know, it's fair to look down uh, or hold anyone in disdain for enjoying past works by that. Right. Person. I think it's, I personally I, think it's a really, it's a really easy, like maybe not easy, but it's definitely something that's totally okay to be like, I love Harry Potter. Harry Potter is one of my favorite franchises. Also the writer's a piece of shit. I think it's totally okay to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Same, same with, you know, actors or, or actresses, uh, you know, authors, um, like, I love Ender's Game, but Orson Scott Card is a homophobic asshole. Shadow Complex was the name of that game, by the Shadow way. Shadow Complex. Jesus, oh. I got Shadow Card. Um, I want to read Vinny. Vinny uh, well, before you read that, <laughs> I just want to get Vinny's take on it right fast. What do you think, man? Um, you know, I kind of I agree with you, Josh. Um, it's not, it doesn't bother me. I mean, you know, like for instance, I'll I'll, I'll bring a, a, a musician into this. Um, the gentleman named R. Kelly, you know. Oh, I, okay. I, okay. I will, yeah. I will not listen to anything new from him. Um, you know, but some of his old music is excellent, and yeah. I'm gonna listen to it. Um, can you put Bill Cosby up in that too? I mean, I guess yeah. the Cosby Show. Yeah. I mean, maybe you don't watch uh, well, his like his stand up from back in the day yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah, himself and what was it, forty nine. Mm-hmm. And even yeah. before that, all of his routines that he used to do way before himself was even recorded. I mean, his older shit from the 60s and 70s was hilarious. No. And I can still listen to that shit and laugh at it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. I can recognize, you know, it's like shit, man. After like, you did this, you're probably, you know, just uh, just fingering it a little. You know. And like, how far do we go with this? Like, do we... You know, start canceling drunk drivers, uh, drug addicts. I mean, wh where do we go? 
I think I think canceling is something that's really ridiculous because canceling is in the idea of the person's never allowed to to right. come back and apologize and make themselves a better person. I think that the idea of completely disregarding a living person because they did something shitty and us as a society just like just fucking throwing them in the dumpster and not allowing them to grow as a person is the most obtuse ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life. That being said, um, I do think it's important to also be like, maybe, maybe tell the person to shut the fuck up and do some research. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's fine to recognize the but, bad and appreciate the good, but don't glorify the bad. No. Um, so I wanted to read but, what this this woman said because Lin Manuel, he kind of right. he uh, he quote tweeted it, and um, he. Uh, what sh this woman says is, very, I think, is very poignant and kind of touches on what uh, I'm so bad with names, guys. I am really sorry, Nick and Vinny. Vinny, thank you. I'm gonna write that down so I don't forget your name. I'm I'm sorry. I'm just if you listen to the podcast, you know I'm bad with names. <laughs> Vinny, man, you'll never forget again. <laughs> yeah, he will. <laughs> will. It doesn't matter. <laughs> All right. So what Vinny said about about uh, R. Kelly, that she kind of touches on that as well in this. Not directly R. Kelly, but you'll get it. She says, I'm late with the Hamilton criticism stuff, and I'm clearly biased, but I really like that this conversation is happening. Hamilton, the play, and the movie were given to us in two different worlds, and our willingness to interrogate things in a way feels like a clear sign of change. I totally get the frustration about it being a play about slaveholders, that it... Ha that it, uh, that it Ugh. That is not about slavery. I felt that a lot of things I watch, but I flex the same muscle I use. I felt that about a lot of things I watch, but I flex the same muscle I use when I listen to hip hop as a black woman. We enjoy problematic things all the time. After reading the critiques, I would have appreciated more context about Hamilton and slavery. But to lump it in with statues of Columbus and Robert E. Lee denies this conversation the nuance it deserves, and we're capable of giving it giving it that. And maybe that's step two of this very necessary conversation. Navigating history and historical figures is hard and, and messy. Humans are flawed and messy, both the ones who lived then and the ones reading and writing about them now. Hamilton is a flawed play about flawed people written by an imperfect person that gave my flawed and imperfect little life a boost when I needed it most. So again, I know I'm biased, but I do appreciate the change this illustrates, and I will be following the conversation's evolution. She goes, that said, I missed this week's live, blah, 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 blah. Um, the ending was just more of like, a, oh, it's, it's me, me, me. Um, yeah. But I, I think that kind of goes into what Vinny was saying about like enjoying R. Kelly or or uh uh any of the any of those artists. I mean um, I, didn't, I didn't hear the comments on what, what was going on with you know with this, what happened, um with all the Harry Potter stuff and but you know, yeah, you you, you can you, they gotta keep that shit to themselves, you know. It's it's no matter what um, it's it's a person and whether you know what 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 they like and what they want to be in this in this world so they need to right but but nobody was saying that when she basically outed Dumbledore after the series on Twitter uh, you know so there is a double standard there you know uh, it's you know it's like I forgive me if I get it wrong but I think it was Laura Ingraham who said uh, told LeBron just go ahead and dribble 
or whatever. Shut up and dribble. Yeah, shut up and dribble. Yeah. yeah. Dribble, so, yeah, I mean, yeah. so I mean, to expect to expect these to expect these celebrities to not come out with their opinions in one way or another, just I mean, it's not going to work. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't and, matter. I mean, if if we're as citizens with regular jobs are allowed to give our opinion in public spaces, then so should they. Um, but I do agree to the aspect of these these celebrities do have a lot of influence in certain aspects. Of course. Um, so they have to be maybe extra careful oh, yeah. on what they say. Oh, yeah. Um, but and, I think I think but, for, but, for, but let's but, be let's be honest here. J.K. Rowling knew what she was doing. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. so even so even like if she had a handler, I mean, or whatever, you know, she's gonna say what she wants to say. Yeah, it's it's like it's like the difference between her and Orson Scott Card is Orson Scott Card is shutting the fuck up about his homophobia, <laughs> whereas J.K. Rowling's just like, nah, trans women aren't women. Nah. That's how she sounds to me. <laughs> sounds like a Hanna Barbera villain. Oh, yeah, it's just it was an it's just interesting to see it this past week with everything going on, and I I was I watched that video by Lindsay Ellis about enjoying problematic art or enjoying art by from a problematic person and still enjoying the art yeah and then it's going to be hard for a lot of people like i know i kept saying it but all the people out there that enjoy harry potter and want to continue enjoying harry potter it's going to be a tough little journey because you're going to always have that in the back of your mind when you try to enjoy it can we go back to the kevin spacey thing for a second Mm, uh yeah okay cool um to me, didn't he win an Oscar for Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil? I don't know. He he, or he was nominated. Either way, it was it was what we thought was an amazing performance. Like with everything that's come out now, doesn't it that make give that movie just make it so much more creepy? I don't remember the movie well enough to give he my was, opinion on that. Kevin Spacey was basically playing what he's been accused of. Oh. oh wow didn't <laughs> wow yeah he was he was playing wow. he was playing a flamboyantly gay man um in savannah georgia who but like things Jeez. got in like he he you got that predatory feeling from him so he's only won that, two oscars and that was uh best actor for american beauty and best mm-hmm. supporting actor for usual suspects but i'm gonna look up uh nominations uh, as well here well midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil was an amazing movie. I see that Hogan. What are you doing, brother? Okay. <laughs> uh, let's see. But either either way, like it makes that performance creepy to me because yeah. it, it it it's basically like the real life of what he was, you know, accused of doing. Yeah, I think Kevin Spacey is also a, um, um, definitely in that in that category of I feel like with what he's doing now, except for those weird videos of him playing Frank in those like quick clips. Yeah. Um, I feel like going to rehab and trying to better himself is definitely in the category of we should allow these people to grow and 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 rectify their mistakes. Well, yeah, but they should also face judgment for them. And oh, God, that's, yeah, no, that's not going to happen because his accuser died. Um, 
So I, in that I, regard, I, I think it would I, be I like, have a different I have a different view uh, on that because you know he's basically being accused of rape. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, uh, going to rehab, um, that's nice and all, but you know, all these victims that he allegedly has are so afraid to come out. And especially now with that guy dying in mysterious circumstances, the one that was going oh. to testify against him, um, it that's that's, that's rough. Different. That is rough. Yeah, that yeah. is different to me. I didn't. That's I didn't know why about that. I, I say know about you know that. it should be a case by case basis on based on the individual creator. Yeah, um, absolutely. <clears throat> I I, yeah. I totally agree with that concept. I think I I didn't know that the guy died in mysterious circumstances. I didn't keep up on it, so I apologize for that but uh yeah. in that regard yeah that's definitely a harder situation to kind of just be like oh i think we should give forgive him in that and when you know he gets out of rehab or whatever um right and uh, you know, we my forgive process, bill cosby no no yeah but like yeah it depends on what they've done you know whether whether they get to rejoin society or not yeah, yeah. I, my thought, I, I did again, didn't know the guy died, so I didn't know that about the situation. What I was thinking that Kevin could do in terms of rectifying the mistake is uh, uh, maybe serving some time in jail or oh, yeah. trying to donate money to these organizations that help victims in that regard. So, but if the guy is dead and he died from mysterious circumstances, that's yeah. That's definitely a super gray area, super and, super gray. And they've had they've had people area, that because there's had, a lot of unknowns in that factor. But yeah, no, I under I understand what you're saying. Like you didn't know about that situation. But what what I'm saying is that like you know, it depends. Like it's different to say something, and it's a different thing to make someone a victim. You know what I mean? Right, so like right. so, so like I would yeah I would yeah. be more likely just as a just as a you know thing I would be more likely to forgive Michael Richards than I would be say Bill Cosby You understand what I'm saying Yeah like he yeah. he was oh, yeah, he, yeah. He, he did something yeah. verbally whereas Cosby did something physically and you know perpetuated a victim Right. Yeah, so, yeah, and um, and Michael yeah. Richards, you know, he did come out and you know apologize for it, and even you know on Curb Your Enthusiasm, uh, made fun of himself for doing so, for being a dick in that situation, you know. And I, over time, you know, I think he can be forgiven, you know, because we're all guilty of. <clears throat> some form of discrimination or racism, whether it be overtly or casual in our lives. And that's the thing we learn from it. We grow, <clears throat> we recognize those faults and improve as an individual. And I think, you know, he is one that you can say has done so over time, but, you know, once again, it's a case by case basis, you know, and the and the other thing is, that's my opinion, but I'm not of the group of people that he offended. Exactly. Know? Exactly. Well, again, um, I think that I think the, the case by case basis also goes in regards to um, how offended were you personally on what they said? Um, 
if if my if if my trans friends decided we never want to read Harry Potter again, I'm going to respect that. Oh yeah, yeah yeah. I'm not going to fault them for it. Um, but uh, yeah, I think it's. I think at the end of the day, uh, first off, I I I do believe cancel culture is a ridiculous notion to begin with. Um, right, right. But what we're talking, what we're talking about, like when we talk about like with vote with your wallet, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Spending, spending your money like that's your own personal cancel culture. Yeah. True. True. So. Uh, I'll give you an example of what what I hate about cancel culture is there's a YouTuber named Jenna Marbles who mm -hmm. uh, 10 or 11 oh, years ago. Madison adores Jenna Marbles. Yeah, apparently she's not making any more YouTube videos because. Um, because of two videos she made back in 2011. Yeah. That uh, she had deleted years ago. Yeah, she already. Yeah, they were already off her channel and she was ashamed of them. She even apologized for them like five years after. She was like, yeah, I didn't, you know, I was young and stupid and I didn't think they, they were offensive, but I understand why now. And yeah, she was suddenly, like 23 when she made them. How many 23 year olds do you know in your life? I said stupid shit when I was 23. Judgment? Dude, I was saying stupid shit last week. Okay. <laughs> I say, I've already said stupid shit today. That's why I'm saying, that's why I'm saying I don't like cancel culture because that to me is what cancel culture is. But, yeah. um, holding people accountable for things that they've done is to me, it's not cancel culture. So no. that's, I think that's the difference that I'm getting at right there. That's why I say, All like, right. I don't like cancel culture, but I'm totally okay with holding people accountable for mistakes or things they did I, they shouldn't have done. Yeah, I agree with that. And, you know, hopefully this self-imposed um, exile that she's given herself. Hopefully it won't last long because she does make great content. Yeah. Uh, uh, not, Madison, not for me, but <laughs> no, no, it's not for me, but you know, Madison, she's 13. She adores her. Yeah. You know, she loves her dogs. Misty loves her, loves her dogs, you know? Um, and you know, she's what had what? 20 million followers. And yeah, like because yeah. she's she was one of the first major. She's YouTubers. one of the first major YouTubers, yeah. So she's been around for a while, and showing the videos, uh, she showed the clips in her video where she was apologizing and announcing her decision, and I watched it. And uh, Madison's so upset by it and everything, and. Uh, is yeah, like I, you can see that she has genuine regret remorse and you know she's already shown i think in my eyes uh by taking it down and apologizing four years ago uh i think she's grown as a person in that regard uh just for anyone that would be calling for her to be canceled at this point yeah i think is you know a little bit extreme um but you know like i said i'm not and like nick said he's not a part of the people that she offended uh that were slotted in those so it's easier for me to say that than it would be for one of them mm. um belonging to that group so you know it's 
it's tricky and everybody has a voice now and everybody has a soapbox and sometimes they're going to have views that we are 100% on board with and sometimes they're going to be 100% against and a lot of times we're going to fall in a mix of between of things that we agree with and then things we disagree with from the same person. So, yeah. And I think the, the important aspect too, is to, uh, if someone decides to read Harry Potter or Ender's game or listen to R Kelly or watch an old Bill Cosby stand up bit, I don't think that we should sit there and tell that person that they can't. Yeah. Yeah. It's not our place to tell that person you cannot enjoy this because of what this person has said or done or, you know, that is up to the individual. And if they can enjoy it and still recognize that the person involved in it isn't a pillar of society, (laughs) as long as they're not glorifying that person, but can enjoy the art and still critique the person. I'm fine with it, but that's me. Uh, You know, it's, it's, it's a complicated thing that is exacerbated by, you know, millions of people on a daily basis on various social media platforms, because no two people are going to have, the same viewpoints. Yeah. And I think, and, and as, as a, I felt that, that as a media based podcast, we definitely needed to have the discussion. Yeah. Yeah. Cause uh, <laughs> we know it's happening. So, like, I don't know when it's going to happen exactly, but I feel like the, uh, the time is going to come when there's going to be a show that we love on Netflix. And then suddenly like the creator or one of the actors is quote unquote problematic. House of cards. I, I you never know, watched, we never reviewed House of Cards, but yeah, <laughs> that's definitely one of them. House of Cards was amazing uh, for the first first two seasons. Is what I watched. I guess they went up to what like six. Yeah, I think it was. I six. think they did six. Yeah, so that um, Sean P- P- Robin Wright uh, could uh, you know get her season, which was kind of cool. I thought seven. Seven, wow. Oh, it went seven? Two thousand and thirteen, six no, oh my that was something stupid. Sorry guys, six seasons. Oh, six yeah. seasons over seven years. Yeah. Yeah. That's but also yeah. gotta be tough on the people who made the show. Like if you're involved with it some way and now you have to deal with this, that's gotta be really fucking tough. Yeah. Oh, that's that alone in itself is a public relations nightmare. And then, of course, you have the whole, like, we created this wonderful thing that so many people appreciated, enjoyed, and now it's going to be forever tainted in the eyes of many. Um, Yeah. That that sucks. That sucks for all the people that weren't involved in the actions of the one. Um, And it's not fair in any regard and this is again why i think why i think we were all in agreement to a to an extent i assume uh with the idea of like hey man if i want to go watch seven i'm gonna go watch seven 
Uh, yeah, I could watch that. Yeah, I could watch Seven. Like, I think one of my favorite stories in the past is how awful of a person uh, Orson Welles was. But it's not going to stop me from fucking watching uh, the Transformers movie. Oh. Like, it doesn't matter to me that he voiced... Uh, um, Unicron. Unicron. I almost said Omicron. I was like, that's not right. I'm not going to sound like a complete idiot. Uh, Speaking of, I hate to sidebar here, fellas, but... Uh, we should probably sidebar this. anyway. I think we just keep circling uh, the same bush. <laughs> we're, we're recording on Wednesday uh, the 8th. This will publish the 10th. Um, Nick, Vinny, did you guys watch Bobby's new video this morning? Mm-hmm. No, I did not. Oh, I, haven't, I haven't got a chance yet, no. Chance, he he, he looks at... He looks at the uh, Zeta Unicron mm-hmm. of Robert D's. Well, I, I'll tell you off here, but you need to watch it. <laughs> yeah, it Love it, Bobby to death, but oh man. Um, so uh, before we were recording, before uh, uh, Nick and Vinny joined the call, Josh and I were talking about um, collectible statues. And uh, how fucking expensive they are. <laughs> They're gorgeous, but man, some of those pieces, I think, of course, the bigger they are and the more intricate they are and more limited they are because most of them only have, you know, a production run of so many, like the cost for them is astounding. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it's something that you really, really want, like I'm of the mindset that if you really, really want something, you want it bad enough, you can obtain that thing by whatever means legally, uh, you know, move some things around in your budget. Don't get this for a time being, don't get that for a time being and make sacrifices for the thing you really want save you know that extra cash you're not spending towards things but yeah man statues are fucking beautiful and there are some that i would love to have but i don't love to have them that much to disrupt the things that i currently enjoy and the things i currently get but and also a space thing because they do take up lots of room if it's not possible i don't want it and that's another thing, you know, uh, where I paint minis, I already have little statues that I customize myself. They're they're great. I don't want something 20 times the size of that taking up, you know, uh, three feet, three square feet of space over, you know, in the corner of something. Uh, but I can appreciate them. And I think. You know, some of these statue collectors that have these statues, they have just beautiful, gorgeous displays. But the space for them and just the my collecting ideologies don't line up with uh, what statues would would need. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's insane. You know, like some. I was showing Greg, I'm not going to say what it was, but I was showing him 
one of the imaginary mark transformer statues uh, yeah. You know, and it's a it's a big one. It was like twenty four hundred dollars. Yeah, you know. Yeah, as we start, we st- he showed me the this new one for uh, the show Enchanted, which we reviewed both season one and two of Disenchanted. Sorry, and yeah. um, uh, it was like a two hundred and fifty dollars statue of uh, Bean and Lucy and uh, what's the elf's name? Um, damn it, I can't remember his name. But yeah, the three main characters of the show. And uh, I was sitting there looking at it, and I'm like, if even if I had money to blow like that, I'd probably spend it on a whole bunch of figurines or something cool in my room versus one statue. Like, I like Disenchanted a lot, but I don't like it more than, like, let's say Futurama or you know, Overwatch, which I'd buy like that Lucio one that's 150 bucks, and then still have 100 left over for something else. Yeah, yeah. So it's just uh I think the reason I brought that up was I was asking you guys if there was like what what would you say is the one exception in your plethora of, of things you enjoy? What's the one exception where you'd spend a, a stupid amount of money on a thing? Or have if you you're, have you're- you're asking three guys that have spent stupid amounts of money on things. I know. Uh, <laughs> this, is why, this is why I'm asking you guys is like, what's that, what's that one thing that you would or already have um, or both for that matter. I know Vinny's looking at that toy world devastator <laughs> right now. <laughs> and I, I use uh, the, the story about how you got that. I know you got that at a good price. That was but, my first meet up too. That was my first uh, at, the, at that August show, like officially meeting everybody. You know, yeah. I finally met that weekend. Um, that's when I picked up my Dio that weekend. Uh, yeah, that was a big weekend. That was my all. You know, I was doing the hangouts, but that was the first. You know, NJCC. That was the first in person meeting of everybody. Yeah. Which is phenomenal when you get to do that. Oh, it's like my first one was the first time meeting you and Nick face to face. Yes, sir. Um, yeah. You know, and we've been fortunate enough to do that a couple of times. Um, so how much? How much uh, did you pay for that? That divvy? Just under five. Not bad, considering yeah, not bad. that it retailed for six, mm-hmm. uh, but you got it as a box set. Yeah. Uh, but that was 500 bucks. Yeah. Uh, and apparently, Vinny slept with it, like spooned with it in the bed that night. Well, yeah, I guess, I guess, because there was a giant bed. So I put everything on one side of the bed and I just left all the toys on the bed. <laughs> That's but, what I do. Um, but check it <laughs> Yeah. I paid $200 for my SH Figuarts Padme. And then I dropped another 190 This was a few years ago. Um, then I dropped another 190 on that exclusive Anakin episode too. So think about the scale. You got that giant fucker right there. And then you got a little six-inch action figure, and I'm dropping almost 500 bucks. It's ridiculous. That yeah. Padme Anakin right now, I look at it every day. 
well, it's in the box. It's boxed up. I don't have it displayed right now. And I'm seriously, it, dude, it's going for over 500 for both of them. Damn. Damn. I hear that uh, that episode two is Josh's favorite Star Wars movie. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you you left a word out, least least <laughs> favorite so Star Wars I've movie. I've dropped some money on some things before. I will never pay that price on a six inch action figure again. You know what? If I miss it, you know what? I missed it. Missed it yeah. See, out. like it's- I have a similar story to you, Vinny. Like I went crazy on Select a few years ago. What, I did the same thing with the Star Wars, man. Yeah, man. And so Mephisto was 220. <laughs> the Watcher was 160. <laughs> Moon Knight was 120. Yeah. You have a $120 Moon Knight statue or figurine? Figure, yeah. It was, when it, it was when it was still in package. Motherfuckers out and breathing. Mm-hmm. That that Hellboy figure that I bought last year, Greg, was one hundred and twenty five dollars retail. Beautiful figure. Look at what it's going for now. Uh, it's one of the best figures. It's probably it's one of the best figures I've ever handled uh, in a six inch action figure scale, which I don't own many. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is the best figure that I own. I guess the reason uh, that I'm a little bit more surprised of the Moon Knight one is that Moon Knight seems to be the more uh, like one of the more obtuse Marvel characters. Um, so but hearing he's got that a hard, a, he's got a hardcore like militant following. Yeah, right. he does. Oh, boy. Um, I, I'm I guess yeah, that thing's amazing. That one. Um, yeah, so I was just really surprised to hear that there was a more. It was more surprised that there was to hear that there was a hundred twenty dollar yeah. figurine of a character that. Not a lot of people know because I remember well, when they announced the show, everyone was just like, "Who the fuck is this?" And it's like, "Oh yeah, well, you gotta uh, think too." Silver Surfer uh, was fifty bucks too. Yeah, you gotta think. Less popular characters are usually produced in smaller numbers, and if you have more people out there wanting them, that drives the price up, especially on the secondary market. <laughs> What's up, Scratchy? <laughs> <laughs> what's that? I said, what's up, Scratchy? Oh, you went out. Yeah, of sorry. <laughs> yeah, I sent Misty a message uh, about 20 minutes ago asking her to bring me a coffee refill. She's working, mm-hmm. so she's not seen it. And I'm like, <gasps> but uh, <laughs> I, for me, I'm trying to look, and I think, oh, I think the Devastator is the most I've spent at one time, and I got that box set. You know, right right around Christmas this year, and that was five hundred. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the most I've dropped. And you know, just a few years ago, before I even got into that masterpiece transformer collecting, I was of the mindset. You know, when I was a big GI Joe collector, there were certain figures that I wanted, but I was like, I'm never going to pay over this amount for a single figure. And uh, the maximum I would go was 50 bucks for one three and three quarter figure. And I bought that. Uh, I bought that San Diego Comic-Con Zorana. Uh, it's the only way you could get a Zorana figure as if you bought the con version. And I paid 50 bucks for it. And I was like, this is the most I'll ever pay for an action figure. And now I drop, you know, 100 bucks on a figure on a regular basis. 
Yeah. You know, just got one last week that was $86 shipped, you know. Um, but yeah, I got that MMC uh, RC, the new yeah. version of it that we looked right. at on Figure Banging last week. Mm-hmm. Great figure. Um, but, you know, some of my individual figures, and here's the thing I will shop around and I'll buy shit overseas at lower prices and just wait on the longer shipping times to save money. You know, like those uh, Gigapower Dinobots that I've got. Yeah. Well, you know, I bought, you guys saw when we were in Reston in October that I bought all four of them like in the first hour of the con. Uh, and depending on the price, those things you retail US for like 200 bucks. And I got two of them at regular price and two of them a little bit lower than that. But, you know, I've found one, uh, the last one I need overseas for like 140 in free shipping when they get it back in stock and i've been told that they are getting more because they're going to do another run i just have to wait so i'm patient and waiting in that regard but like i'm not a big fan of paying more than retail like i don't like doing the late tax i'll wait for a reissue uh the late tax as we refer to it in the collecting community you know paying those secondary prices secondary market prices like it cost 150 bucks when it came out now if you want it you're paying 250 or more uh how often do you guys like i know you know you guys were just talking about how much you wanted those particular marvel selects or the sh figure arts Mm -hmm. how how likely are you to do that to pay that heavy late tax I'm now doing it constantly, I'm doing it constantly now because I'm into the Masters of the Universe classics. Oh, yeah, you're and that, my friends, is a death knell. I mean, I'm spending. I spent a hundred bucks to get a Beast Man. Beast Man for a hundred bucks. Are you Are you going for all the all the other characters as well? I'm going for basically just like a main cast. I got a list. I got a snake man. I, 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 this guy. I don't know if he's in this line. I just bought him random. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Making deals. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, I'll grab that off you. He's we'll talk. All right, yeah, cool. No, 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 I'll, 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 uh, cool. I'll you. Yo, Josh, I didn't forget about you either. I didn't forget about you. That son of a bitch is still... I, I emailed it, the seller. I said, where the fuck's my figure? So it's on a delay. I guess they're waiting for more men. So you, I didn't forget about you, brother. I didn't forget That's about cool, you. That's cool, man. That's cool. No worries. Um, hold cool. on. I gotta... This man's fucking cool. I found him at a GameStop a couple of years ago, two years ago. Huh. And, uh, you know, that's that's crazy how the things you can find at a GameStop if you're lucky. And I just bought it because it. Look at them. Ah. Impulse purchases. How bad are you to make impulse purchases? No, that's bad. Because <laughs> I'm I'm you not like a big impulse purchaser. At eleven o'clock in the morning, you know what I'm saying? You're like, ah, oh, why did I buy that? 
that that that's one thing I can say that I'm pretty good at. I don't buy many things on impulse. Um, usually I buy things if I'm like actively collecting that line, or if it's like a one-off thing that I'm really really into. Um, and I see it, and I'll be like, okay, I'll get that. But for the most part, I'm not a big impulse buy guy. Which, I guess, Misty is happy about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say the only the only like statues or figurines that I have that are costly are the ones that I get from or got in the past from uh, special edition video games. Mm. Yeah, like I have the Halo Three one, the Master Chief helmet, the Halo Reach one, the Bioshock Infinite Songbird. Um, I have the uh, uh, Gears of War 3 Marcus Phoenix statue, which was probably the more expensive one. Um, and then I was given um, both the figurines from the first Watch Dogs game and uh, the first Infamous game. Um, but that's it. Uh, I'm looking right now. Do, 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 do. Yeah, that's all I got. Then I have a bunch of other things that were given to me, like the Star Wars. Uh, there's these... Um, they're statues. They're like, they look like they're in action poses. Oh, okay. The Unleashed. Star Unleashed. Wars Thank Unleashed. you. Yes. Yes. Yeah, those are dope. Those yeah, cool. I got a bunch of those. Yeah, a friend of friend of mine. He you, bought a fuck ton the of Palpatine? them. The Palpatine. Yeah, I have. Oh, I have. Uh, I have Dooku, Grievous, uh, Darth Maul, Jango Fett. The Maul's uh, cool. Darth uh, Darth Vader, Luke, Leia, Chewbacca. Ayla Sakura. Uh, I have one that's sitting back there. And I, oh, the Obi Wan. I thought I had Palpatine, but I don't see him up there. Is that is that that Leia? Is that the Jabba's prisoner, Leia? Yes. <gasps> wow. I know a friend of mine's really, oh. really, really wanting that one. Yeah. So behind Chewbacca on the shelf is Palpatine. I knew oh, I had nice. Palpatine one. And then I gave, I had a friend who really was super into fucking Boba Fett, and I don't really like Boba Fett as a character. Mm -hmm. So I gave him, I gave him that one, but I had Boba Fett at one time. Nice. Nice. Yeah, this week, this weekend, I got this shit off uh, Eric Wolfenstein, the classics uh, Cyclone. Oh, shit. Nice. Yeah, he only charged me like 30 bucks for it. I was like, hell yeah. And he held it for me for a week, too. So, thank you, Wolfie. He's an awesome dude. Yeah. Man, that is going for a pretty penny right now. I'd uh, honestly like that. None of them are in glass cases, so I'd have to clean them all up before I would try to sell them. Uh, and that phone call was Kate. She says, hey, Josh. Oh, okay. Hey, you uh, have to tell her I said hello later. Yeah. Back to what you said, would you pay now, overpay for a figure? I, you know what? I kind of probably I have to say yes because eventually I think I'm gonna have to overpay for that spirit of splinter because I'm a yes mm. and I fucking said oh I'll I'll get it I'll get it and I missed it. I love that thing. Yes, yeah, um, and that's the only one. Well, I don't have the Raph and the and the Casey yet, but I'm trying to find I, that. I'm pissed about I'm that. Trying. I'm I'm. Dude, I do three Walmarts a day, bro, on the way to work every day. Mm. I ever so whatever is going to be there, I'm going to fucking buy it. I'm going to buy them 
hopefully, if I didn't miss it already. And they, I think yeah. So you know how we, uh, how I've got those uh, NECA uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle figures, Greg, that I built a sewer layer right. diorama for. Yeah. Well, you know, I've got I've got the uh, Spirit of Splinter that he's talking about. I've shown it to you, uh, you know, and I've got the Shredder and a regular Splinter and some Foot Soldiers. They just released a two pack, a Walmart exclusive. It's Casey Jones and Raphael in a trench coat. Oh, sh- okay. They, yeah. Yeah, well, you can only get it at Walmart. Well, NECA announced last week, they said, hey, tomorrow before 1 p.m., we're going to put this live on Walmart.com. So the next morning, it went live for about 30 seconds, around 9 a.m., completely sold out in 30 seconds. Uh, and NECA's like, well, we're selling on our website, but you can only get them shipped internationally. So now it's just got to wait for whatever supply to show up in the stores. And it's infuriating. It's like, oh, God. Wow. Maybe, like I'm, this. maybe I'm not buying this figure. Right now there's a bid on one. It's up to $195, and there's 11 bids on it. There's a day to go. And then the other guy selling one two seventy five. Buy it now fucking price. For the ref and Casey Jones. No, 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 no. I'm talking oh. about that spirit of splinter, bro. Oh. Yeah, I'm screwed. It was only fifty bucks to yeah, get it. And and now it's and it uh, came with a t shirt and a bandana and a couple of foot soldier patches. So it was a nice, it was a it was a loot crate box uh, yeah. through NECA for that. Uh, it was a Kickstarter back in the fall and I got in on it and got it in April. It was pretty awesome. Yeah. Kicking myself in the balls. <laughs> yeah, this is this is this is the the issues that you come into as a collector, Greg. These are the things we deal with on a regular basis. Like, well, this is this is also why I tell you all the time. Like, I don't know that I could be a part of the Roma collectors because I don't feel like I'm as hardcore as you guys. I have to be hardcore, man. You don't have to be hardcore, man. You have figures you can collect. You can still be a part of the community because that's the thing. That's the, 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 the the it's family, dude. It is like literally. Some of the best friends I've ever met and made in this world have been in just the past handful of years, you know. And And whenever we get any of you guys on the podcast, it's like it's always a fucking wonderful conversation. So, yeah, yeah, and that—that's the thing, man. You should—you totally just to witness it firsthand, to be a part of it. The camaraderie and the brotherhood is. And sisterhood, because there are a lot of ladies in the realm, you know, our wives, well, mine and Nick's, uh, and as well as other guys' wives are involved in it, too. They they actually, uh, a lot of the ladies started their own show. They've got their own podcast they do on Thursdays, um, which is awesome, you know, and they're a great group of ladies, and they're funny as hell and fun to talk to. Um, yeah, but, yeah, man, it's... It's it's more than a Facebook group. It's more than just a toy collecting community. Like, yeah, we get on, we talk toys, we talk about things that we're looking for, uh, and we help each other out. Like, if we're in the position to, like, hey, I need this. Well, I'm going to be out today. If I see it, I'll hit you up. And, you know, we do that. And But 
like we are a lot of us are really tight knit even though there's over 2400 members in the group there's a really tight knit core and then there's little branches off of that uh you know that it's just like this big think of a big tree you yeah. know yeah. and it's just like when one of us hurts we all hurt you know we just went through that um, I'm going I'm going Sunday I wish I could I wish I could but you know I just I will, it's, I will, pay, I will pay my respects for you brother yeah um, is that you know, is that uh, I, is that GoFundMe still up it is it is oh my goodness um I haven't looked at it in the past couple of days I want to see where it's at it is currently sitting at $32,481 raised Ooh. in one week's time. Damn. Yep. I put, um, everybody started sharing it. Wow, that was awesome. Yeah, I was going to say, just, if, uh, my, owners, if, my owners at work gave, because they seen it on, wow. they seen it on my Facebook. And um, Frank, Senior, Frank Senior came up to me, he's like, hey, Ben, I'm, um, Sorry about your sorry about your friend. He's seen when when I shared that he didn't see it before. He was on he was somewhere in, on vacation. They're rich, and he and he says, "Um, I seen the GoFundMe page, and uh, we 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 left a nice little donation." I was like, "Word up, that's cool. That was cool." I was like, "Wow, just like touching random, touching random people, you know?" Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. and that that that's that's. You know, we've talked about it, Greg, on here before, how the gaming community um, is very, uh, very tight-knit, how you have different, you know, and there's different elements of it, different branches of it, but gamers, how they are so passionate. Uh, you know, it's the same for us. It's like, you know, we take care of our own and when one of us hurts, we all hurt. And what we just went through, you know, we're doing what we can behind the scenes to ensure that a friend that we loved and lost too soon, that his family, we're trying to make things as easy as we can for them, like his son, you know, that his needs will be met in the future. Uh, that's what we do. Like when I was just very new in the community, when I lost my leg and dude, they rallied around me and I was a relative newcomer. I'd just been around for about five months and they're like, this is one of us. He's, he is us. He's hurting. We're hurting. And they made it possible for me to come home from the hospital and heal and, uh, you know, I was like, my goal is to be walking by the time I go to TFCon. I was like, you know, I almost died. I was like, my goal is to heal, be walking, and see these people and meet them face-to-face, -face, thank them, and just spend time with them. And it's what I did, you know. And it's just like we rally around each other. You don't have to be a super hardcore collector. I mean, you, you got a bunch of games, you got a few figures and you're passionate about those things. You know, yeah. you're a collector at heart. 
<clears throat> you don't have to be somebody that drops a bunch of money on stuff just to be a part of it. You come in your family, you know, and you know, like family, sometimes, sometimes you're going to have disagreements and fight with your family. And then, you know, you get over it, you apologize, you make up or what have you and move on. At the end of the day, there's like, you know, the three of us in here, you guys are my family. I would do anything for any one of you if it was in my ability to do so. <clears throat> that's, that's how it is, man. It's just a wonderful thing to be a part of. <clears throat> and I love getting any of the guys from the community on the show and talking because we can have great discussions, like you said, you know, and not just like talking about toys. Yeah, we've been talking about collecting for a few minutes now, but before that, I mean, that's a pretty serious, heavy conversation that we had. You know, uh, like when we had Dante on a few weeks ago, that was an incredibly heavy conversation that we had. The feedback we got from that and still get from that episode is amazing. Um, yeah. And and that's that's great because that's the thing a lot of people overlook in today's cancel culture society. Nerds like us, you know, yeah, we're passionate about the things we're into, but we're also passionate about things that affect society as a whole and the world as a whole and you know we can contribute in those ways true yeah it's 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 i don't know it always felt like if i tried to join you guys would be like yeah okay cool and then like that would be it but it sounds like it's way more than that it is. It's way more than that. I mean, yeah, there's a Facebook group and people comment and stuff. There's numerous group chats. I mean, like numerous shows. Like, you know, I'm part of two different shows. Nick's, Nick's, you know, the mastermind behind the one show, you know. Uh, there's there are shows multiple nights a week and, you know, just friends in, all across the nation and the world. I mean... You know, we've got friends in England. We've got friends in Germany. We've got friends in the Philippines, uh, you know, uh, friends, you know, all over the States in Canada. It's crazy, man. It really is more than just a Facebook group. Uh, All right. Well, I'll uh, I'll try to be more active then because, again, I like having you guys on the podcast. Like, I was the one that... I think I talked to Josh and I was just like, I'm looking to have a guest on the podcast this week. You got anybody in mind? Mm-hmm. So, and then you both popped on here after uh, couldn't get the original guy. I don't remember. Yeah. The original, originally I was going to see if dust could come on. Dustin, that's right. Is, right. No, no, not Dustin, dust, dust mounts. Uh, he is the guy who kind of founded everything. He mm-hmm. started it all. And he, he's on vacation this week, so he likes to do what he calls the Dust Mites Podcast World Tour. But he couldn't make it today because of prior obligation and appointment and everything. So, Well, genuinely, we could probably have him on next week because I don't think <laughs> we're doing anything for next week. I think the next thing on our list is uh, um, the uh, uh, season two of, um, oh, my God, Umbrella Academy. Yeah, we'll take a look and we'll figure it out. Uh, I know Jim Jeffries just dropped a new special yesterday. Yeah, I'm actually going to watch my dad. So fun fact about Jim Jeffries, my dad's been trying to find things entertaining. I, again, don't have my license yet. Long fucking story, which I've told on the podcast. Um, 
I always feel like I have to defend that for some weird reason when I know I don't, but uh, he's, you know, he's in the car with me all day and um, I'm doing all the work, but I've been trying to find things entertaining for him. So I had him listen to the podcast that uh, we did with Dante and he was, you know, he was like, Oh, that was really interesting. That was really cool. And so because of how interesting he found that I had him listen to a couple other of our podcasts and he thought they were fascinating. And he was just like, I thought you guys just talked about video games. I was like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Uh, so then I started trying to find other podcasts for him to listen to. And we were listening to uh, one called revisionist history for weeks. Um, which again, if you haven't listened to that show, that's a fantastic podcast that I highly recommend. Um, I bookmarked but, it, but I haven't started listening to it yet. I need to. Yeah, it's 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 really interesting. Uh, but then he kind of like we we caught up to all the episodes of Revisionist History that he wanted to listen to, and he just kind of wasn't in the mood to listen to that podcast, especially after the the news that he got about his uh, kidneys. Um, mm -hmm. so I was trying to find something more entertaining, something funny and, uh, put on Jim Jeffries and he was fucking cracking up. So he's listened to three Jim Jeffries specials. And I went on to Netflix last night looking for something. And I was like, Oh my God, dad, there's a new Jim Jeffries special. And he was like, well, we got to listen to that tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm, it's really interesting. Cause like, I'm not. I, I'm worried about his health, but I'm also very worried about his mental health. Like he, uh, uh, it's just so much to deal with when like the doctor's just like, Hey, so that diet that you've had all these years of, you know, red meat and stuff like that, none of that anymore, or it's literally going to kill you. Mm. It was rough. So I've been working with him eating the same thing he's eating to keep him on track. I think the last time I had meat was two weeks ago. Yeah. Oh man! So that's been fun. I would die. I would yeah. die. I'm I would, I, I, Vinny, man. They call me Skinny Vinny. I eat meat and potatoes, vegetables. Ugh, vegetables are fucking gross. Potatoes <laughs> are a vegetable. Yeah, it yeah, depends on like, the veggies. They're a vegetable. I corn and broccoli. Like corn I broccoli. Broccoli, broccoli with cheese. Spinach. Um, I don't like spinach in leaf form. I like it when it's like shredded up and mixed into things. I could eat it in leaf you know? form. I could eat it and cooked into something too, like a pasta or something like that. Or yeah, you know, yeah, 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 definitely. Or um, spinach, yeah. uh, spanakopita. But um, no, no, good for you though. You're not eating meat. And how you feel about that? How you feeling? You're not eating any meat right well, now. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling fine. I, I've, I've talked about this. I don't know if on the podcast, but I know that I've talked about it in other fashions before. And my stance on dietary restraints or, or the, the, the nutrition factor of certain things, I think a lot of people put too much emphasis on some, on certain things. Like I am overweight, but the best way to lose weight is a very slow uh, uh, situation where you just monitor how much you're eating and and how much you're you're exerting. Um, everything comes down to uh, calories in a way, but I say that very loosely because if you don't know, the way that we measure calories is based on like 400 year old data. I'm not even kidding. 
um, because we just haven't done the research to to further it. It's very bizarre, but we all use it. It's or unless all the you know the FDA uses it and whatnot. But that again, that also goes with like doctors using the BMI, which is fucking outdated. Um, but uh, all diets do the same thing. Every single diet does the exact same thing. Makes you eat less, cuts out sugars, limits mm-hmm. salt. Uh, those are the things that are inherently <laughs> not great for you to begin with. Um, the, the, the sugar industry had a huge campaign uh, back in, like, I want to say the 50s and 60s. I might be wrong mm-hmm. on the dates, but they had this huge campaign to push sugar to not be bad for people by saying fat was bad for, for people. And that became the norm for years, for sent for, uh, for decades. And that's why you saw things that, you know, for, for like in the nineties, especially that were just like, this is fat free. It's going to help you lose weight. Well, fat's not necessarily the problem. Sugar's the problem. You want to limit your sugar intake. Fat is good for you. Obviously anything Anything in, in excess is bad for you, but um, uh, sugar doesn't have a nutritional value on your body. Um, if you Not want in a to positive have, way, <laughs> well, if, if if you want to have the the a good blood sugar context content, you need to do with that with fruit and bread. Uh, not processed sugars and stuff like that. I've known that for a very long time. The knowledge is there. I have all this fucking knowledge because I've tried like 17 other fucking diets. Um, You're eating I, bread, right? You're eating yeah. like like wheat, wats and multigrains and right? Yeah, 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 yeah. White bread is like oh, eating that, air. <laughs> yeah, the white bread out and all that. Yeah. Uh there's a, there's a there's a multigrain wheat bread called Dad's. I think it's not Dad, but it's um. Fuck, I don't remember the name of the bread. It, they they yeah they use whole grain wheat, and then on top of that, like the the uh, the the crust is coated in different nuts and stuff. Oh, wow. it's fucking delicious. I bet. I bet. But uh, yeah, there's just and and so as for the no eating meat part, it hasn't. I have I haven't felt any change. The only difference is that my stool is very like not compacted. <laughs> Like, like, like the flushing process just turns it into like poop stew. It's really bad. Um, but that's literally the only difference that I've noticed. It's dude, it's bad. It's fucking gnarly. Uh, but, um, I remember back in 2014 when I started going to the swimming pool with my dad and I kept telling him, I was like, you really have to cut out red meat. Red meat's really bad for your heart. And he'd be like, uh, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. You fight me on it, fight me on it, fight me on it. And then for years after that, I kept telling him. And now finally, like, it's caught up to him. And he, he just can't have meat at all anymore. And uh, and I'm sitting there going, like, I can eat meat. I totally could. But if I want my dad to stick with this, and we, we're, we're together all fucking day, I need him to not fall on my bad habits. So... That's why I'm doing it with him. Yeah, it sounds like you're right off to the, the right path, man. And like like you said, a diet is you gotta do stuff in moderation. And if you can cut some things out, you're definitely gonna you're gonna start feeling better, and your dad's gonna feel better. And that's good, man. Well, good. It, the thing that the thing that sucks you is like your, you gotta get your protein in other ways, though. Like you you know, 
Yeah, yeah, we're doing broccoli and and because broccoli has a lot of protein and uh, iron, and you eat you eat beans and stuff. He actually can't have beans right now, so we're trying to find something else for him to get in terms of protein. But that's the thing: the reason he can't have meat is because he can't have he can't have protein. Like the things he cannot have right now are are sugar, salt, protein, and uh, potassium. Okay, okay, I understand. Okay, okay. Uh, so but as for me, the table too. yeah, as for me, I'm eating beans. Like the other day I bought a couple, uh, um, bean and rice burritos from uh, Taco Bell. Um, I did the no cheese because that's part of the diet. I guess I could have done it. That This is again, I was by myself. I didn't have to, you know, limit my diet at that point, but I figure if I'm going to be doing it with my dad, I need to, it's, you know, it's easier to maintain. It's easier to maintain if you're not giving yourself um, the uh, indulgences when he's not in front of you. Right, right, right. Yeah, and it's it's uh, at the end of the day, it's it's not it's not so much my health as much as I care about my dad's health. Like I know that at the end of the day, it will be better for me and yada yada yada. But um, back in 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 just in. Uh, early February, I was at a Super Bowl party. This is again before COVID broke out. And uh, there was a guy there who had lost a, a, a pretty sizable amount of weight. And everyone was asking him what he did. And he was just like, well, I'm just intermittent fasting. I don't eat between uh, um, 8 p.m. and uh, until 12 noon. And then between 12 and 8 p.m., I, I, that's when I eat. That's when I do my snacking. Uh, and uh, that's all I've been doing. And I was just like, that sounds easy as hell to do. So I started doing that for a month for, from like, I would say, well, maybe two months, uh, early February to late March, give or take. And I felt great. My, I have these weird, I don't know. I thought they were anxiety attacks, but I, I think I've narrowed it down to what it actually is where my, my chest gets really fucking tight and my heart's just racing a mile a minute. Um, I start sweating, like cold sweating all the fucking time. And then like when it activates, I have to pee every fucking 30 minutes. And I've, I've done some research as best I possibly can. Again, I'm not a doctor and I, and uh, I don't have the money to go see a doctor over it. So I just don't go. So I'm trying to do my best in regards to what the fuck it is. And what I narrowed it down to was it was anxiety attacks. I had done a, a few like of these websites that are like, put your symptoms in and we'll give you a synopsis the synopsis a an idea and it was always it always ruled down to anxiety attacks so i just assumed that's what it was and i i, I started to notice a trend whenever i started eating better and eating right and not eating too much and yada 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 i was feeling great and i wasn't having these attacks but the second that i would get off of the diet start eating whatever i wanted fast food sugar i was having the attacks so then i started doing research into what other aspects it could be. And of course, WebMD is like cancer or heart arrhythmia. And I'm like, all right, well, calm down. Um, long story short, I, I've narrowed it down to high blood pressure. Uh, the anxiety attacks, the, the anxiety that I have that I feel all the time is, is, is a culprit, but also salt. My high intake of salt or sodium was causing high blood pressure. And being the size that I am, high blood pressure is a very large possibility. So doing so, so 
I was I would say about two weeks before my dad got the diagnosis of like no protein, no sugar, no salt, like that kind of stuff. I had cut salt out significantly from my diet. And I cannot tell you when the last time I had an attack was. It's I started it's doing, been a, it's been about three weeks now. So yeah, I started doing meditation again, which has helped my anxiety. And and I, I feel I feel great because of that. So uh, just just keep at it, man. You can do it. I know it's going to be tough at times, but you know I, I know you right. can do it. And this, like this also me. Goes- the, well, the, the the last time that Vinny and Nick both saw me in person was in October at Reston TFCon, and I've struggled with weight for years, uh, and I was up to three fifty eight. Uh, and I was like, I look at pictures of myself then versus how I am now. It's like, Jesus Christ, I've dropped over 70 pounds. I'm down to 280, you know, That's oh, deal. That's good. Uh, you know, and I'm, I'm still working at it. You know, my goals get down to about 225 and I'll be happy. I can live comfortably at that. Cause that's what I was when I first met Misty. Um, I look at pictures of myself from back then. And I'm like, oh, man, you fucking sexy son of a bitch. Mm. And now I look at myself. I'm like, ugh. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, it's, it's it's so easy to stray. And it's difficult to maintain. Uh, but once you get in that routine, you know, it becomes easier, especially when you have a good support system. So you doing this alongside with your dad will be so much more beneficial for both of you together. Right. That's right. awesome, man. I was going to say the, the, uh, the other aspect, I tried to explain this to my little brother. It's, it's not just sticking to the diet. That's hard. It's combating my own mental illnesses. Um, yeah. Depression, depression and like intense anxiety usually make me fall off the wagon. You know, when I think back about it really hard, like what made me fall off the intermittent fasting wagon? Oh, it was COVID. It was the depression and anxiety from COVID. I said, and, and, and there's a reason. Well, well, there's a reason why things are referred to as comfort foods. Right. Exactly. Exactly. It spikes endorphins and serotonin and all that jazz. So, but so does jacking off. So there's that. Jacking it, jacking it, jacking it. Yeah, I'm, 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 a, I'm a fan of jerking it. You know, I say more people need to jerk it on a regular basis, and they'd be less uptight. I think that's one of the reasons I bring all this stuff up is because I know that if I presented this in the realm of collectors, you guys would be fucking 100 like helping me out and be behind me on the whole thing. So, dude, yeah. dude, you have no idea. There's a fitness group that sprang off yeah. that our friend Gary Allen G money heads up. Um, and he is huge into fitness and staying healthy and is happy to help people want to get into better health offers them, you know, nutrition advice, fitness advice, things like that. And he's not the only one, but he is the one that immediately springs to mind because you know, he does, he, he likes to do a yearly wellness challenge, which because of the Rona this year, it wasn't, you know, implemented like it normally would have been in the past because a lot of people not having access to gyms and such until recently. And, you know, things are still in limbo. I mean, look at Florida. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. What about Florida? <laughs> y'all, y'all are fucking crazy. Yep. I'm just a transplant. But, yeah. Well, most people down there are. Yep. It, it, it's you know the blue hairs are transplants from everywhere else, um, as as we refer to them jokingly, the elderly uh, population. You ever seen the old woman when they get their hair dyed and they're like, "Look at my hair," and it's just purplish blue in the light. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. They refer to them as the blue hairs. It's not meant in a derogatory fashion, just more as a okay poking fun, although. You know, some people may be upset by that, so I apologize. <laughs> so I don't but. know where I don't know where uh, um, what state I don't remember, but there's a um, for some reason you talking about that reminded me of this, Josh. There's a uh, a lawmaker that is trying to push forward a um, a bill uh, called the Karen Bill, um, and it, I swear to God, it is it is to allow people to uh, uh, be prosecuted for abusing 911 on calls that are not emergencies. Well, it should absolutely be passed because you shouldn't use 911 unless it's It's already a law. Well, I don't think it's a law in every state. That's the thing. Yeah, because from what I understand... But I know it is here. Like women, like like people that that call 911 because they think something is wrong uh, or they're just trying to get the cops there in general like a Karen does this is uh, it's it's within the law because they think or they're presenting it like it's a problem whereas just calling 911 on prank or something to that effect yeah that's against the law but um, uh, like that one woman that was like there's a video of her with her dog and she's like oh, I'm being threatened like Nothing happened to that woman other than her losing her job. She wasn't. You know, oh no, no, they, they, no! Yesterday they actually brought charges up on her for oh, they, oh, false okay. report okay. for false reporting. Yes, they did. Yeah. So they're. I think they're just. Uh, I think it varies no, state that. to state. Yep they uh, they announced that yesterday they were bringing forth formal charges for falsifying or uh, reporting a crime. So. It, it, it's it's, but I like I like Mr. Calling it the Karen Bill. I'm sure somebody out yeah, there would have a problem with that. Why are you using that name? Don't call it that name. I'm sorry, uh, Karen. Uh, <laughs> the worst part about it is it's, it's it's Karen with a C, not Karen with a K. Oh. Well, that's just it is just making noises, isn't it? I've not heard anything. Oh, okay. Like the the uh, we use a um, a website called Streamyard, and for anyone listening, and for some weird reason, the little like uh, speech bubble thing on my on my avatar is just like constantly up. Like there's noise coming from my mic. But hey, if you're not hearing anything, great. Yeah, it's not coming across on this side. You're good. Um. We should wrap up though, because I gotta. I want to get out there and earn some cash. Yeah, I gotta go make some lunch. I'm getting hungry. Word, I'm gonna go have some chili. Mm, that's, <laughs> you know, actually, that's what we did yesterday for lunch and dinner. We made a pot, a, a small pot of chili, and just 
made baked potatoes and we smothered those baked potatoes in chili and shredded cheddar. Mm-hmm. Good noise. Sounds good. I'm doing the chili. worst shit in the world for you. I put cheese on it, then some sour cream, and then I get some white bread and butter and sop it all up. Yum, yum, yum. <laughs> speaking of the last the last uh, uh meal that my dad had that was really bad for him was the one i made for him on father's day and it was uh i made um uh fried i fried in oil some some steak fries and then uh i uh, took a, a a whole stick of butter melted it down and then sauteed some uh, asparagus um and then I took uh, um, a two-inch uh, New York cut, mm-hmm. and I, you know, put it in a ripping hot cast iron pan with some that already had some butter in it. Cooked, you know, sir, um, seared both sides, and then smashed a clove of garlic and put that in there with some rosemary, and then sought and then uh, um, basted the steak on the. Fuck! It was the off in the oven. Um. Did I finish it off in the oven? I don't think I finished it off in the oven because my dad and I really like our steaks uh, medium rare. rare. Oh, okay. I, <laughs> I just leave it on the grill. Oh, you said it was a nice two-inch cut, so that's a big, yeah. big boy. Oh, yeah. Mm. But that was have- the last meal my dad had that was good. That was bad for him. <laughs> whenever, whenever I get steak and I have the opportunity, I order it blue. Oh, nice. Mm. What's blue? It. Hold on. I don't think I've ever heard of that. <laughs> Vinny, you can explain it. You so can explain you it. A, you need a very hot, really, really, really hot pan. Like a cast iron's the best, the best way to go with it. And you get it scorching fucking hot. A little tad, little <coughs> long way. Um, and pretty much you're just searing it for I don't know. Like it's not long on each side, pretty much. Yeah, I think it's like seconds, thirty seconds, thirty to forty-five seconds yeah. a side. Yeah, side, and um, it's it's pretty much warm on the outside and still cool in the middle. Yeah, it's, it's okay. rare, rare. Oh. But you get a good piece of meat to do that with, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which you okay. remember? On uh-huh. piece of, you're very selective. What you use for that on a piece of meat, right? Yeah, ribeye. Okay, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. I like it on a ribeye, and if if I have a fillet, I don't like fillet. But if I ever have a fillet, yeah. I get a fillet that way. Yeah, I don't yeah. do it. I don't do it on like a porterhouse or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good one to do it on a ribeye or a fillet. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's um, I don't order it like that. I like mine medium rare, but um, it's definitely uh, like you're pretty much your your uh, black and blue and a piece of um ahi tuna. Yeah. If, I work in food service, so oh, my whole life, yeah. my whole life uh, for the most part. But that's yeah. the same way, like a piece of ahi tuna, you're going to only want to go tss, tss, add even yep. like 35 seconds. And then that's, yeah. oh, it's good stuff. Good eat. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. I love seeing yeah, I'm, you. I'm, usually when I order a steak at a restaurant or something like that, I, I, I do rare to medium rare. I can't stand meat overcooked in any way, shape, or form. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I got my wife down to medium rare when we first met. She was a well done girl. That's nice. What? How does she like her steak? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was terrible. Nah, it's all right, dude. <laughs> uh, 
but no, that was the thing. Like it, it like made me physically sick anytime we went out to eat and she would get a well done steak. I was just like, What are you doing to that beautiful piece of meat? <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. A, I, I like I have you ever seen uh um Anthony Bourdain's video on cooking steak? No. He is super aggressive about overcooking it. Like he's just like, if you order a steak that is uh higher than medium. Go fuck yourself. Like yeah. he, it's hella funny. <laughs> hey, so Greg, I worked in a um I worked in a couple of fine dining restaurants. This is years ago. I don't do that shit no more. I work for a large supermarket. I don't see my shirt right now. I'm wearing actually a work shirt. I work for a large supermarket now. But um we had um we were cooking and we were cooking ostrich. I mean, it was on the menu. So like I said it was a fine dining restaurant and the fucking idiot wanted it well done. Dude. It's 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 not supposed to be that thing. Is just it's supposed to be um supposed to be medium rare, and pretty yeah. much he killed his expensive ass piece of meat. Ugh. Yeah, it's poultry, but it's red. It's red meat. It's red meat, and you'll you, you cook it medium rare, and uh, you know the chef was uh he went out there and questioned it twice. He's like, <laughs> do this. He's like, are you sure? Because it's going to ruin it, and it's going to just taste like, especially that piece of meat. Like you can't, it, it just it changes the the flavor of it. And um, he's like, just so you know, if you don't like it, I'm not refunding your money. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. yeah I I, uh, I had a friend a long time ago. Like he had a grill outside, and he was like, "Hey, I'm cooking steaks for everybody. You should come out." I was like, All right, cool. So I went out there, and he, he cooked them, and. I'm sitting there like, are the steaks on the grill? Like after a while, I was like, yeah, yeah, they're cooking. And I'm like, do you want to take them off the grill? He's like, no, no, they're still cooking. I was like, all right. And he's like, yeah, I, I always overcook everything because I don't want my daughter to get any any sicknesses. I was like, uh... yeah, but I'm an adult. <laughs> and he takes all the steaks off the grill and they were like charred. and Shoes. Shoes. Yeah, they were leather. I was like, mm -mm. nope, no thanks. All right, I got one for you. I'm on the carnivore diet when I choose to be. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, um, I was doing it seriously right before I hurt my shoulder again, and I was seeing some really positive results. I had lost like 10 pounds in two weeks and was really leaning out. And uh, one of the recipes they have on there, it, and they tell you, this is your cheat meal. Do not do this every night. It's fucking... Uh, fucking uh, pan fried steak with the uh, instead of using flour because it's plant based, you use pork rinds for the fucking really for the for the dredge. <laughs> oh my god, it's so good! You could use Cheetos and and anything for a um for a dredge, you know, for for a, yeah from you know, oh yeah Doritos. Yeah, but those are all plant based. Oh that's yeah, that's why that's why the pork rinds work. Pork rinds. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I found. Oh my god, it is just so decadent. It's oh, it's so good. I never. That's two words I never thought I'd hear paired together: pork rinds and three words: pork rinds and decadent. Dude, because you mm. on the carnivore diet, you can still use eggs. You can use eggs, milk, dairy, anything that comes from an animal. Butter, mm -hmm. 
They prefer you use like tallow or ghee as a as your fats. Ooh. Ooh. But um yeah, so it's just anything that comes from an animal, bro. And bang. Like the total opposite of vegan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it it really is. And like do, uh Dr. Baker, who's like the big proponent of it, he's like fifty six years old and he's like DDP. Like he's one of those dudes just killing it up into their fifties and sixties. Hmm. He's like doing powerlifting. He does like uh, strength and coordination courses and shit, and he sets records in his fifties and shit. It's fucking impressive. But That's I will another t- thing about. Go ahead. But I will tell you, I I felt so much. I felt so much better when I was just doing that, and I need to get back on it. It's just gonna have to wait a bit until yeah, I can heal the shoulder up. It's like it's you know you you said you felt better on it, and that's something that uh, I think is important to anybody who's trying to go on a diet or is on a diet. Like, listen to your body. If you feel mm-hmm. better doing that, then keep doing that. But if it doesn't feel good, stop fucking doing it just because someone else told you to do it. Yeah. Yep. Because everybody is different. Because mm-hmm. I don't All know. Right. Oh, go ahead, dude. I was gonna close out the show because. Yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. So, no, go ahead and finish that. I was. Uh, oh no, I was gonna say I don't know if you ever like had red meat cravings. I get those all the time. I mean, I didn't until now. Yeah. See, uh, I get those all the time. <laughs> I get like headaches and shit like that. So that's dude. One of the I mean, something. I, I've come to the conclusion a long time ago. Something has to die in order for me to survive. Uh, um, I just love meat too much. I'm sorry. And I know that upsets people who are not into eating meat, but I love it and it's delicious. Uh, my aunt my aunt keeps texting my dad to watch these documentaries because she thinks that watching footage of a slaughterhouse is somehow going to make my dad not want meat. He used to work in one. Yeah. So, so. no, it's not going to have any effect, but... Um, yeah. I hate that shit because I'm just That's like I could, do. I could not do it, but I eat meat. Love meat. Love beef. Love pork. Love chicken. Love fucking. I'll eat some fucking ostrich. Rocky Mountain oysters. I don't give a fuck. I'll try it. <laughs> really? Have you had so those, those before? Sweet, sweet balls. Bro, but do you, you, you something, too, I don't. They're too chewy. Something bread it and fried. I'd be like, yo, what's that little fucking dressing, dude? You'll never, dude. Fucking difference. It's bullshit. They're way too chewy, dude. It'll be like a processed I'm chicken I'm not eating balls. Like a processed chicken nugget. You're a fucking chicken nugget. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you this much. There's there's God actually one Vinny. food. There's one food that's really hard for me to eat um, if it's cooked a certain way, and that's oysters on the half shell. Uh, it's just too slimy. Yeah. It's like snap, it's, bro. Yeah, it's I can't yeah. handle. I'm telling it. you, man, spicy redneck poutine. I've not forgotten. Oh, son of a bitch. All right. On that note, I'm fucking ending the podcast. <laughs> oh, God, right. I don't want to be reminded of that. Yeah, uh, can't wait. <laughs> um, yeah. As I said, guys, it's going to end it for us here. We're going to uh, end up watching something. I don't know what. Probably the Jeff Jim Jeffries show or jim jeffrey's uh sander special and just kind of talk about that next week which will then probably turn into another episode of uninhibited so um 
but we're definitely going to watch, like I said, uh, the second the second season of Umbrella Academy, which they just released a trailer today as of recording this. Um, oh shit! Yeah, yeah. So we'll all have to go watch that later. But um, yeah, I don't think that there's anything else to kind of announce. Uh, if you want to be a guest on the show when Josh does all the uh, places you can contact us, contact us. Let us know if you want to be a, a guest and we can definitely work around our schedules to pop you in here. Um, we love having everybody on. Everyone that's come on has always been fucking fantastic. So uh, I'm always willing to have a third, fourth, fifth voice in the show. Um. We got we got to find a way to not talk about such heavy topics every fucking episode. I tell you, uh, well, you know, we still <laughs> uh, that only took up half of it, and you True. know we still had a you know we had a good conversation for that, and we had a good time after. So you know, that's true. A good topic, but I do like to keep it more lighthearted for the most part. Try at least, but uh. Yeah, guys, Nick, Vinny, thank you guys so much for coming on. Uh, in case anybody us. out there, in case anybody out there doesn't know, wants to follow you along, is there anywhere you would like to plug online where they can follow you? Vinny, you first. Um, you can find me by my government name, Vinny Jurisism, on the Facebook, and uh, that's uh, that's about it. You'll find me in the in the realm of collectors. Um, on the hangouts, you'll I'm I'm around. I'm around. Just come and say hello. Awesome. Well, Nick, what about you, man? You can find me Friday nights on Masterpiece Peace Theater. Recording there, uh, on the Facebook groups and the Roma Collectors Facebook group. Uh a whole bunch of other ones too. Uh-huh. But um I'm easy to find. Come say hi. I don't bite hard. <laughs> Don't let him lie to you. He does. Uh, but it's in a good way. Uh, now, as for me, you can find me on Facebook under my regular name. Uh, as for shows other than this one, you can catch me on, too, on the Realm of Collectors channel every other Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Eastern on Figure Banging. And then, of course, every Friday night around 9 on MPSP Theater with Nick here, along with uh, our castmates Sam, Rob, and Russ. Uh, we always we always have a good time there talking about various things and pop culture, nerd, entertainment industries, uh, various mediums, comics, TV shows, movies, uh, you know, those kinds of things. But it's a good time. And as for uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. Those are linked to my Facebook profile. And then don't forget to follow all the links for the show down below in the show description. Um, there will be uh, links to the Discord server where you can join Discord, talk to Greg and I. That's the easiest way to reach us. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, you know, the merch store, various Facebook discussion groups, Twitter and Instagram. But uh, that's me, Greg. What about you? Uh, you can find me on all socials under Chub Rock Geek. Um, I know that I talk about it like every episode that we want to, we want to do an, another stream of Jackbox. Um, and it's definitely something I'm trying to get done, but scheduling's a bit rough right now. 
Um, I know that I'd like to try to start streaming again more frequently before uh, the next party pack comes out, which they just announced um, the third game. Uh, nice. It looks like a, like a superhero building game. Uh, it's it's weird, but much like other new games in other packs, it looks weird until we play it. So, yeah, and it might suck for all we know. I didn't think for, I didn't think that uh, the um, alien game was going to be fun, but why was I wrong? Push the button was the fucking yeah, surprise hit of that pack. But I really want to get back to streaming some of that because that is always fucking fun. So if if that sounds like fun to you, if you want to join that in the in the future, uh, like Josh said, follow the socials, uh, especially um, me on uh, Twitter and then Twitter. the 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 Discord. Uh, but yeah, I think that's it. I think that's all we got. Again, go watch the Jim Jeffries special because uh, I'm pretty sure we're going to talk about it next week. Um, but it's not a guaranteed thing because I don't know. Uh, and you know what? Go watch Hamilton. It's fun. It's a good time. I enjoy yeah, it a lot. In, I definitely yeah. intend to watch it this week. Yeah, uh, I've, been, I've been hearing it all over, seeing it everywhere. It's popping up on YouTube feeds. Like what? It, like there's a bunch of rap battles in it too, right? Uh, I think there's three rap battles, but there's because uh, it's only rap battle when it's a debate. Yeah, when yeah. it's uh, there's it's almost two and it's all like two hours and forty minutes long. No joke, it is super long. But um, and again, the whole thing's an opera. It's not it's not just a musical because every piece of dialogue, all the narrative parts are either rapped or sung. Um, it's it's very contemporary in terms of a musical, if you will. So. Yeah. Um, but I have like a bunch of songs stuck in my head. Like, um, oh, it's about the storm over here. Holy shit! <laughs> wow, it's like it. The sky just opened up and it's rumbling out there. <laughs> and then the sky opened up and God said, "I hate you, Alfalfa." <laughs> Little rascals, you guys ever see that shit? No, oh, yeah. Well, uh, the only thing I can tell you, tell you, Josh, and our audience. Um, uh, the guy who plays King George the Third, yeah, uh, is um, uh, I can't remember his character, the, the main character in, in Mindhunter. Hunter. Oh, okay, the guy uh, played Holden. Yeah, Jonathan Grauf. Yeah, yeah, Jonathan hmm. Grauf or Grauf. Yeah, he plays King George the Third, who has three songs in the whole play, and it's really fucking funny. Awesome. Uh, but yeah. Um, so that's it. That's it. And that's all. Uh, we'll see you next week, guys. Thank you for joining us. Thank you to uh, Vinny and, and um, the other guy. Oh, my God. I'm so bad with him. <laughs> <laughs> Nick. Jesus, there it is. My Sorry, brain bro. found it. It was Nick. <laughs> God damn it. Oh, I'm so bad with names. Oh, it's so it's so awful. Like when I worked at the high school, when I worked for the school district as a as a substitute lunch assistant, the like lead would come up to me and be like, "Hey, so this is Jennifer and Sarah and Michelle and blah blah blah." And I'm just like, "Okay." I turn the corner, come back around. I'm like I've forgotten all of your names already, just out of my head. They're not there anymore. So I hope you're wearing name tags. Oh, you're not. This is gonna be fun. <laughs> Sucks. Uh. Just do Sorry. what I do, 
anytime you see a cluster of people together, just yell, hey, asshole. All of them will turn around. Right. Yeah, that's... (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's get out of here. Yeah. All right, guys, thank you again for listening. Uh, If you want to be a guest, um, you know, hit us up on on those places, and we'll see you next time. Take care, everybody. Peace. Thank you, guys.